When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Theora. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters. And we're here to talk about it. Cheers, queers. We are back with another super fun interview. Today, we are talking to the wonderful Anish Sheth, who brought the incredible character Amy Gupta to life in red, white, and royal blue. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. Welcome to the podcast, Anish. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, we are so excited. Like, all of our listeners, like, love this movie so much. And we're very excited to get to know you and, and Amy a little bit better. Yeah. So our first question is, what was it like to bring the iconic, badass, and hilarious Amy to life? It was pretty amazing. I mean, I felt very honored, very privileged to be able to bring her uh, to life from the book. I had read the book before I had even really known that the movie was happening. And then, of course, throughout my whole audition process, I, I, I read it multiple times to really kind of um, really dive into who she is and all up, pick up the pieces that Casey has left in the book and that Matthew had put in the script. Um, so it was it was really just an honor and a privilege to bring her to life. We we love Amy. We do. All, all the Amys. She's, all pretty, the she's pretty badass. Yeah, she's pretty badass. So we don't learn a whole lot about Amy's backstory. Do you have one or did you uh, create one for her? Yeah, I think it was kind of a little mix. Um, uh, Matthew and I chatted a bit about it. And then also a lot of it was kind of like my own discoveries that I've learned. Um, you know, a lot of what's in the book was kind of removed for, you know, context of the film. Um, so I drew a lot from Amy within the book. Um, and I, I feel like in terms of, you know, a backstory for her to have, I imagine that she was probably in the service at some point, you know, which kind of led her into working for the president and uh, working on Ellen's campaign and things like that. Um, I think that, she, you know, she's probably always dedicated her life to protecting people. Um, I think, you know, just like we were saying in the first question, she's she's pretty badass. And I think that the, the people that are close to her and that she really loves, she feels very fiercely about protecting them. Um, and I think that she knows that she's really good at her job. Um, there's, you know, a particular line in the book how um, I think it's almost the first paragraph that she's introduced that Alex mentions that he's once seen her stab someone in the knee with a, a crochet needle. And that was just like so for me, that was like such a like a, a little turn on to her because I was like, wow, this 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 chick like holds no bar. Right. She like she dives right into her job. She knows exactly what she's doing. There's zero room for error for her. Um, so I think thinking about those things and then also getting a lot of because when we were on set, Matthew really also left it up to me to kind of make her a little more fluid than she was in the book and was like, bring a lot of yourself into her. What would she be like, you know, if you're obviously inhabiting her? 
Um, so I had a lot of kind of a little leeway in between how exactly I could mold her to me as the performer, bringing her to life. But certainly um, the book helped a lot in bringing a backstory for her because it's like, yeah, there's there's so much to pick here that that, that informs where she came from. The Amy that comes through on screen is a, is a very good combination of being super serious, like everything you just said, but also like lighthearted and funny at the same time, yes. which makes her so yeah. fun. <laughs> and so just curious, like, what aspects of her personality are, did you find, like, super relatable or intriguing, I guess? Um, her sass. I think my friends tend to think that I'm a little sassy. So I think I certainly was able to bring that sass into her. And she herself is very sassy, too. And, um, you know, even the things that she may not necessarily be happy to have to deal with or the things that just feel like, oh, I've got to deal with this again. I think there's there's like a very comedic element to her dealing with them, right? Like we see in the Red Room and things like that. Um, yeah, I think there's, she's just, she brings this sass to her that I think that I possess as well. And I think being able to bring that into her was really a joy. I mean, I enjoyed it as an audience member. So <laughs> like, thank you so, so much for that. One of the reasons why Amy's one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's great yeah i do want to bring up quickly that my favorite scene out of like everything was when amy and alex are on the plane talking about <laughs> david and that... yes oh my gosh like did, did you actually have a photo of a shih tzu that <laughs> no i didn't i mean i have pictures of my dog on my phone but there was no actual like shih tzu named jonathan and it's funny because that actually that was more that was an improvised moment between Taylor and me that wasn't actually written in the script and Matthew we had the the three of us we were, we basically shot that for like an hour hour and a half it's such a short scene but we spent a lot of time just shooting different versions of it what would it be like if you know Amy was like this and Alex was like that and just somehow organically in the process of shooting it multiple times Matthew was like why don't you try this at the end ask him if he wants to see your, your pictures of your dog and so we did that a couple times and it seemed like it really was a great addition to the scene so that that part wasn't actually in the script it was improvised and Taylor and I just had a great time with it because also Taylor and I both have dogs and we both love our dogs so much. And Taylor and I, Anish as the actress have had that conversation multiple times. Like, do you want to see pictures of my dog? So it just felt very organic to have that in the scene as well. It was perfect. That's so cute. <laughs> I love it more now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, it was great. So another part of the film, Amy helps Alex secretly meet with Henry and then later catches them making out. <laughs> was Amy's motivation for helping Alex out of loyalty to him or is she just a big romantic? I think it's a little of both. Yeah, I think, you know, I think like she has an obligation to protect him. And I think that she's been with him for a very long time, you know, probably since Alan's campaign, maybe since he was in college, maybe even since, you know, if, if she was running before he was in college, maybe in her political career while he was still in high school. So I think that they're very close. And I think that she's always had a very soft spot for him. She she loves him dearly. And so I think on the one hand, she really wants to see him happy. And she's like, yeah, I have the power to make this happen. I'm going to make it happen for you because it brings you joy. Um, but I think she's also just like a really big romantic, right? She loves seeing him happy. And besides the obligation of like, yes, I have to do what you say. I'm also really invested in your love life. And I've not seen you this happy in this way. And I, I really want to help bring this joy to you. And yeah, like, particularly in the Red Room, she's like, you know, I have that power. She's like, you can't go any closer than this. But 
I think you yeah. get like the best scenes out of the film. Seriously, <laughs> I, oh they're pretty gosh. great. I wasn't gonna say that, but I'm pretty happy with the scenes that I've got. They're pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> like what was she just thinking like catching these two in this room Be like uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> and that that was there's a little funny anecdote with that too we shot that oh goodness we so there was like a little covid scare on our set so everything got delayed about nine or ten days and so when we got to shooting that scene we were already a little bit behind schedule and so the way we shot that scene they were just like they had set up the camera facing the door and they're like all right Anish we're gonna roll and you just keep coming in and out and we're just gonna keep doing I, I must have done it it felt like 50 times just opening that door and saying the line and then closing it and then opening the door and saying the line and closing it um so they had definitely plenty of coverage to pick from um but yeah it was it was just so much fun to shoot that scene with those guys you know like the, all the scenes with them are, are just such a blast but that one in particular, I feel like really stands out for a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it seems like from everything you shared that you all had so much fun together. Yeah, we did. We had a blast. It felt like summer camp, you know, it was three months of summer in London. And it would just it literally felt like we were just having fun in summer camp. Everyone got along really well, which doesn't often happen on sets, you know, like there's there's certainly um, attitudes and divas and other shows and sometimes you're not even on set all this at the same time so you don't necessarily get to see everybody in that way but particularly the americans um who were over here for shooting they we were all in like the same complex so we all got to hang out with each other after work and did a lot of like family dinners together and things like that and i think also matthew coming from the theater also has that kind of um upbringing in terms of coming from the theaters like yeah we're all kind of just like this company we're this family so doing things together is really great that's that's awesome. I love the you had the yeah. I love that you had family dinners. Yeah, it was really really nice. We went out a bunch of times together. It was really great. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. So, is there? So you mentioned like obviously a lot of our listeners like haven't read the book. Some have, some haven't. So as you mentioned, like some things about Amy and a lot of things were just kind of condensed for the movie. Is there anything about Amy that maybe wasn't addressed in the film that you would want the audience to know? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, um, it's said in the book. And then also there's a scene towards the end of the book where we meet, actually get to meet Amy's wife. She's kind of standing in the crowd and she's wearing the jacket that Amy was embroidering. And I think for me, there was no character written into the story about Amy having a wife, but certainly during my costume fittings and things like that, um, I, I, I said, you know, can we, can we make sure that I get a wedding ring? Because in the book, Amy is, is married and I certainly want to stay true to that even if we don't get to see her partner on screen, we have that sense that, yeah, she is, she's a married woman. She's wearing a wedding ring and that exists. And so it was kind of like almost a little Easter egg for fans of the book when they watch the movie to see that it's like, oh yeah, she's wearing a wedding ring. Yeah. So she, she is married. They stuck with that, like in the book. So that was, that was certainly one thing that I, I pulled from the book that I, I really wanted to keep in the film. I love that. That's so important. Yeah. So thank you for that. It's so important. It yeah, for sure. So we talked about a few very fun scenes that Amy got to do, but what was your favorite scene to shoot as Amy? Yeah, unfortunately, no one will get to see that scene because it was one of the cut scenes. Um, but it was, it was, and, and I totally understand why, because the way that the, the movie flows, it's the scene right after Cake Gate, when he returns to the White House, there was a little scene where he's coming in with his luggage into the corridor 
with Amy and he asks her like how much trouble am I really in and it's it's a very short exchange it's um it was actually the introduction to my character you know she says she's like this is Agent Gupta reporting for duty or, or the line was something like that um but ultimately we ended up cutting it for the flow of um that scene from going to Kate Gate right into the president's office but that was a scene that I really loved shooting we had so much fun shooting it um and it was kind of one of my favorite scenes that we did I think the other favorite scene that I really loved doing was the red room because that was just that was just pure joy. <laughs> getting to shoot that and then getting to watch it back just felt like it was pure joy. Yeah, uh, it is a crime to cut any of Amy and Alex scenes. <laughs> I agree. You know, <laughs> those are from your lips to Matthew's ears. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Even if they just like released raw footage of like one take yeah. of these scenes, I think people would be so happy just to see it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't even seen that footage, so it exists somewhere in a vault, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> Along with my fringe, my fringe wig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so our audience, like, absolutely loves this movie. And we were wondering if you have any memorable or funny moments that occurred on set that maybe we haven't talked about that you'd like to share. You know, um, it's really hard for me to pin, pin, pinpoint one specific moment because like I said before, like it felt like summer camp. We all had such a great time. You know, there was there was one, I think, I'll, I'll probably say this, is um, during the shooting, uh, Purple Hearts came out, Nick's film on Netflix. Um, he was in this movie called Purple Hearts where he plays this US uh, Marine. And, um, and so we all had a little watch party for him, which was super fun. We had him come over to the complex that we were staying in and we all just like, we had ordered some food and we just relaxed in front of the television. And we, we had a little like premiere watch party for him. And of course we then embarrassed him and, you know, took little <laughs> videos of him congratulating him and put it all over social media just to embarrass him. But I think that that, that felt like a very memorable moment to me because I think it was a, a, a time where we all weren't, you know, what brought us together was this film, was this book, was this script um, shooting this film. But that felt like we're having, we have established this relationship with each other, a friendship, a true family sense that we're capable of bringing offset where we can just hang out with each other and be in each other's company and really enjoy each other's company in that way. And so I, I think that was one of, the most memorable ones for me because it was just like yeah we're all together and we're hanging out and it's just a grand old time and i think another one for me was at the very end of filming um i had gone over to matthew's house for dinner with thomas flynn who plays prince philip and we had a really lovely like most most everyone had left london by then um so just uh flinny as we call him flinny and i we went over to matthew's house for dinner and matthew's got his olivier award and tony award and we were just like holding it pretending it was ours and you know, I think it was those little moments that just felt really memorable to me because I've never really had that experience on other sets. You know, I've gone to work, I've done my job, and though I've made friends and great friends, lifelong friends, I've never really had the experience of kind of all of us as a company really enjoying each other's company and, and wanting to hang out outside of work. So that that felt really memorable. From everyone we talked to, it just seems like everyone was so close and it was like yes. such a nice oh, set yeah. to be a part of. It was such a nice set. And we actually arrived in London two weeks before we started shooting. So there was plenty of time for us to even, like we had gone out, I think two or three times for dinner, a whole bunch of us before we even started shooting because it was like, yeah, we're all gonna be spending the next three months together. Why don't we go out and hang out and see how we all get along? And it just, 
there was something very magical about that summer where we were all just like in this right place at the right time. We all got along great. And we still do. We all still keep in touch. We all see each other when we can. And it's, it's, it still feels like a family, which is great. That's awesome. And That's definitely, beautiful. I know it'll definitely make all the fans happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So I want to ask about another project you've been in. Um, you got yeah. to play Jillian in Jessica Jones. What was it like being a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And what was your favorite oh, part yeah. about that character? Yeah, I mean... What actor doesn't dream to be a part of Marvel? You know, I think when I got the call for that, I, I must have screamed so loud. I made a couple people deaf in my, my apartment building. I, I, I mean, that was, and you know, when that audition had come through my agent for me, I was like, this is, this is a chance, you know, one chance in a lifetime. Like, I'm never going to get this. There's so many actresses who are going out for this, like, whatever. Um, and the call came and I was just, I was in shock for a long time. I remember just being like, I don't feel like this is real. Like, and then every little thing I did, I was like, well, what if they're going to fire me? What if, what if I do something wrong? Are they, are they going to fire me? Are they going to let me go? Um, but I mean, yeah, it's like, what actor doesn't dream about being a part of the Marvel universe? And that was just, it was also the first time, um, my first recurring role. So I had, it was the first time I was actually able to be on a set very frequently you know i was there three times a week and i really got to learn what it is actually like to be on a set for a longer period of time because up until that moment i had done guest spots and i had done co-stars where i was on set for maybe a day or two and then i was gone but in kind of in the same way with red white and royal blue we did you know we were pretty much a family and i told a lot of the folks because i was only in season three that my first week there, it felt like it was like a family reunion and I was the new girlfriend. <laughs> um, because, you know, everyone had already known each other from working from the two previous seasons together. So it, it certainly felt like this one big family, but they all welcomed me with completely open arms and made me feel right at home. Um, I remember on my first day of shooting, one of the set pieces fell and I kind of just turned to everyone and was like, what should I do? And they're like, don't worry about it. like, just keep going. We got it. Like, it just was an incredibly supportive environment, especially for someone who I felt, you know, at the time that I had a lot to learn about what it meant to be on television and how to even act technique wise for, for the camera. Um, but it was, it was, it was so much fun. And a lot of it, um, Mel Rosenberg, who was the showrunner, she consulted with me several times throughout the series um, to talk about where she wanted Jillian to go and um, what kind of stories we wanted to tell with her and what she felt. And I, I believe that, Jillian was only meant to be in the series for the first few episodes, but then they, they, it was just so much fun to be around those people. And Kristen and I really got to develop um, a wonderful relationship. Um, and so I think they, they thankfully kept me on to the end of the series, um, which was really great. And if God willing, it ever comes back for a season four, now that it's owned by Disney, you know, that I would, I would love to go back and play that role because I would say that it, playing Jillian was one of my favorite roles of all time. Disney, it's your move. Come on, Disney. <laughs> I know. Your move, Disney. Your move. <laughs> I always find it fascinating when characters are only supposed to be in like a few, like one yeah. little arc and then like become yeah. a bigger thing. Yeah. It was so wonderful to get that support. You, I mean, just like meeting you, you, you deserve everything. So. Oh, well, thank you so much. Season four revolves around Jillian. <laughs> thank you, right? Let's just have a whole Jillian a spinoff. I would love yes, that. Yes, <laughs> do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think like, I, I think you had also asked this, like what, what parts of her did I really love? I think similarly to Amy, I think Jillian was also very sassy. Somehow I get cast as these. <laughs> oh, I wonder why. I don't know why. I wonder why. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, and, 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 you know, like I said, chatting with Mel Rosenberg, it was really, there was a lot of freedom in being able to create who Jillian was, right? Especially because Jillian isn't in the comics and she's not in a book like Amy was. So there was a really a lot of freedom to be like, who is she? How are we going to play her? What story are we using her to tell? Um, yeah, it was, it was really wonderful. Do you prefer having like the freedom to create or having like more source material? You know, that's a really good question. I don't think anyone's asked me that before. I think there's pros and cons to both. I think, um, you know, having the freedom is always wonderful as an actor. Um, but then, you know, as actors, the reason why we collaborate with all these other people is because sometimes we're not the brightest. You know what I mean? Like, we may not have the best ideas. And I think, like, collaboration is always a great process to have. Um, so for me, I, I do enjoy the freedom of being like, hey, could we do this? Could we do that? Could we try this? Um, but also when there is a source material for such as like for Amy, it's it's you really get to delve into what the original author or the the writer of the screenplay really is focusing in on. And you have all that to pull from. And you're like, yes, I'm able to create. And not to say that there isn't freedom in that as well, right? There's a certain, like, for example, the plane scene. I think there there is a certain amount of freedom that you get to play with within the characterization. But so much is also given to you, which feels like such a blessing. You're like, I don't really have to think about this on my own. This has been given to me. This is how I can play with the circumstances that are given to me. That's fascinating. Um, yeah. So you've talked a lot about projects that you've worked on that were fantastic and seem to have gone extremely well. And we're very happy for you. Yeah. But, but we're <laughs> curious, though, if like so far in your career, if you've had any like major challenges that you've had to deal with or anything like that, because, you know, acting can be yeah. challenging and also rewarding. Absolutely. I think um, a couple of like two of the major challenges I've had um certainly is opportunity, you know, for someone who's brown and trans, there's very, very little opportunity to, for the roles that are out there for me. Um, so I feel very blessed when I get something like Jillian, who could literally be a person of any color, of any gender, you know, um, and that, that that role was given to me. It felt like, okay, this is this feels really special. I can really inhabit who she is as, as I am as the person. So I think for me, one of the, the biggest challenges has been... Um, finding opportunity and a lot of opportunities to really maintain a successful career in this business. Um, I hope I'm doing okay so far. So we'll just hope that that luck continues um, and that the opportunities keep coming. And I think the other thing for me was, you know, certainly in the beginning of working on film and television, it was a learning curve for me really, you know, I'd spent the majority of my life doing theater and theater acting is completely different than doing theater uh, acting for film and television. And so kind of like, learning how to change my technique to really change my performance from like playing to a, a house of 1100 people to like a little camera lens this big was was I think one of my biggest challenges and I think you know like I said before being on Jessica Jones was really gave me the opportunity to learn that craft in a specific way yeah because I I remember being like not when I was like learning acting and then transitioning to on screen they were like you do not have to be that big it'll pick up your little eye movements <laughs> yep 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 i remember i had shot an episode for i think it was my first episode for new amsterdam love that and show. i was still <laughs> yeah it's a great show it's a great show 
Um, and I think, you know, it, it was like my first week, and I think it was also my first or second week on Jessica Jones, too. I was shooting those simultaneously. And I remember they, they wanted me to give, they're like, can you just give like a disappointing look to Freema? Freema Agnerman was my um, scene partner. I played her a little assistant in that show. Um, and so they're like, yeah, just in this one scene, can you just give her a, a little like look of disappointment or something? And I remember I did it to the camera and then everyone just started laughing. And I was like, yes, I know I spectacularly failed at that. <laughs> because I, I knew in that moment, I was like, yeah, what I gave them was more for the stage and not for the camera. And that was a learning, part of the learning curve for me. Like, yeah, maybe I should have done something a little different here. And it's it's certainly, <laughs> it's just like you said, Caitlin, it's, it's, it's like you gotta take this and put it into this. Yeah. Do you have a preference between theater or on-screen work or like just like, aspects you like better of each because it might be a hard question yeah you know theater's in my blood um it's been in my blood ever since I was a kid so I think I I truly just love the theater and I actually hadn't done theater in a very very long time until recently I think I had taken like six years away from the theater six or seven years away from the six years away from the theater and so I had recently just done a stage play back in October November December and it you know the experience of experiencing that joy again you know it's 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 very different than experiencing the kind of joy that you have on a film set um you know in terms of like your work ethic it's 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 a completely different thing not to say that you, there is no work ethic in film and television you're on your feet all day long um you're there sometimes like 14 hours 16 hours a day it's very long days um people get tired um but the, in terms of performance, there it's such a different technique. And, you know, your audience in film and television is this little camera lens and the people behind the camera. But when you think about the theater, there's so much that you have to play to. And uh, for me, at least as an actor, being able to open up my body in that way to play to a balcony makes me feel so much freer. And I think I still... I'm still learning in terms of film and TV how to be able to translate that specific thing to be able to keep myself open up to the camera and things like that. It's it's something that I feel like is always going to be a learning curve for me just because I simply don't have as much experience as I do in the theater for film and television. But if you asked me which I like better, I don't know if I could choose. <laughs> They're both, you know, they both have their pros. They both have their cons. Um, there's something very beautiful about each medium, you know, certainly doing theater and certainly you know the the intimacy of doing film and television yeah so you not only do theater but you watch a lot of theater <laughs> i do i do anyone who follows my instagram will know that i, I go to the theater quite often yes uh it, it looks like you're there all the time is there do you have a favorite show that you've seen i mean i've seen phantom so many times. I mean, like probably over 500. I, I, I lost count after 100, you know, like I've seen it so much. I've seen it ever since I was a little kid. So that's, you know, I think the spectacle of that show, the music, the grandeur, the romance, all of it is just really speaks to my heart. And I never get sick of it. I just I just went a couple of weeks, a week, weeks ago, actually, for my birthday. Um, so that's that's certainly one that is always just very close to my heart. But I recently, Matthew and I had gone to see Sunset Boulevard about three weeks ago um, with Nicole Schwartzinger, and my goodness, it was absolutely incredible. I was blown away. I was completely blown away. Um, you know, going into it, I was like, you know, this doesn't have any sets and there's no costumes per se. Everyone's just kind of dressed in like black, you know, tops and pants and she's wearing a black nightie. Like there isn't any costuming per se. There isn't really necessarily a set it's just a blank stage with a bunch of chairs 
I said, I, I'm really curious how I'm going to like this. And I was blown away. I, 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 it is one of the best musicals that I've ever seen. And I, I hear it's transferring to Broadway. So the folks over there will get a chance to see it as well. And yeah, uh, I, but I do, I go to theater all the time. So asking me like, which is your favorite or which would you like is very oh, hard no. for me. Um, I did <laughs> see that you saw one that uh, Theora saw and was very excited about. And I don't know how to say the name. So I'm just going to say Jodie Comer show. Oh, oh yeah. Prima. I don't know how to pronounce it either. But yes, I did see that uh, in the spring, early this spring last year. Incredible. Uh, yeah. She is, she's a phenomenal actress, yeah. but like, and also just the subject matter of that play is, I think, is so important. Um, and the way that it was presented was so beautifully done. Um, I went in having no idea what it was about. Um, a friend of mine works for AKA, uh, the PR agency. And so she was like, you know, do you want, do you want tickets to go see this? And so I brought my friend along and he had no idea what it was about either. And we were just completely blown away. It was such an incredible show. Her performance was absolutely incredible. Um, you know, I, I, I'm very envious of people who can do one one person shows like that, you know, because it is an incredible amount of material to handle. But just being up there and using your body in that way for two plus hours is just it's got to be exhausting. And you never felt that once. I mean, she was just always on her mark. The performance she gave was just 110 percent until the very end. I mean, it, all every aspect of that show was just truly incredible. Yeah, I, everything you just said. And like, what a timely topic and just beautifully handled yeah. from start to finish. Yeah. Just absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I still tell people about that show all the yeah. time because I'm like, if there's a video somewhere, I would love to watch it again, too. Because yeah, they uh, I didn't see it live, but they did. A lot of my friends did, but they did um, basically like the, the theater company did like a one night in movie theaters we're all gonna play it so i got to see it through that so i was like if oh, you could sell great. that yeah i'm curious yeah. now because oh, it's yeah, very powerful think of one person two hours straight well i she mean is, yeah, yeah. Little, that's a cut but yeah it's amazing it was really it was one of the best pieces of theater i've seen just the way i mean i feel like i say that about everything i say i see because i just love theater so much but yeah, it was, I mean, for someone who's giving like a one woman show and uh, particularly about such a heavy topic, I think it was, it was absolutely brilliant. Worth all the, the accolades that it was getting. I, I think we could probably talk about theater forever. So <laughs> yeah, we really could. I, I certainly could. I certainly could. <laughs> but if you could say one thing to aspiring trans actors, what would it be? Keep going. Keep going. This business is incredibly cruel. It's incredibly difficult. Um, a lot of people don't always want to make space for us, um, especially for our stories. They want to make space for the stories that they want to tell, which aren't always the stories that we want to tell. Um, so I say keep going. I, there, I think there's two pieces of advice. So the first is keep going. You keep breaking down those doors. It will happen. Um, you will find success if you're dedicated enough and you work hard you will find success, which I also have qualms about giving that advice too, because, you know, I think a lot of, there's a lot of abuse that happens in this industry as well. And that comes with saying like, if you keep going, you work hard, you'll get what you want, which isn't always true. But if you are persistent and you are doing your work, you will meet the right people who will get you to the places that you want to go. Um, and the other piece of advice is build your own table. You know, there are, there are so many other tables where people want to, you know, 
hold the keys to, you know, the gates to where people want to hold the keys to, well, we're not going to let you in here. Or we don't want to tell this story. Or we don't want you to be a part of this exclusive club or whatever. But if you build your own table and you start creating your own work um, and you start collaborating with the creatives that you have great relationships with and that the people that you want to work with, that's another avenue to really gain success. You know, I think not even specifically for trans actors, but we see so many other cis actors who do that, like Issa Rae, right? Like with Insecure and, and things like that. Like these were all shows that they started on their own, that they created, that then blew up into these huge things. Um, Chewing Gum is another one, Michaela Cole. Uh, so it's it, it, I think like really being able to say, I'm going to pursue this kind of like commercial avenue and because, you know, that's, let's be real, that's where the money is. That's where the success comes from. Um, and then also alongside that being like, no, there's work and stories that I want to tell. There's stuff that I want to do and I'm not going to neglect that in any way either. That is also an avenue that I can find success in. And I think... Thirdly, if I was going to have a third final piece of advice is like, don't compare your success to anybody else's. You know, I think we're all on our own paths. We're all on our own journeys. What is meant for you will not pass you by. I think that was a big lesson that I've had to learn as well. Um, and so just really kind of hold your ground, know what you bring to the table. Don't apologize for it. And just, yeah, keep going. I think that last one applies to a lot of people. <laughs> I think everyone needs to know yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Is there any kind of dream role you'd love to play, either music, uh, Broadway, or you know, musical theater, or yeah. on film? You know, I'm gonna say probably something that an actor shouldn't say, but I feel like the role that is a dream role for me has not been created yet, or I don't know whether or not it's been created yet, and I have not come across it yet. But I feel like you know, a, a specific role that really showcases showcases exactly what I'm capable of doing and what what I hold in my talents. I think I haven't gotten that chance yet. Um, I did just get to play Beatrice in Much Ado About Nothing. And I think like that was a role that I've always wanted to play. And people have also told me like, oh, you know, no one's going to be able to ever see a brown trans woman play play Beatrice. But like I getting that job was just so amazing for me because I was like, well, look, I'm going to prove you wrong. I not only booked it, but I'm going to play it now. And I'm I'm gonna have a blast doing it. And so that that was a dream role for me that I got to check off of my list. But I think if there's that one like dream role, what is it? I think like I haven't encountered it yet. And I'm really curious to see who brings that to me, if it's something that I'm gonna end up creating on my own for myself. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for whenever that moment manifests. <laughs> Whatever that role is, I have a feeling they're gonna be sassy. <laughs> I have a feeling they're going to be sassy too. I think that just comes along, right? Must be sassy in every character description that I play. For sure, for sure. Because even Beatrice, you know, she's, she's she is very sassy yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So I just somehow click into those sassy roles. I wonder why. Well, I for one can't wait to see it. And I can't wait for the future when you get that dream role. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we've asked all the main questions the thought-provoking ones that we have for you yeah. and we're gonna wrap up the interview by doing a quick little rapid fire like would you rather game okay okay all right i'm usually very bad at these but i'm gonna try my hardest there's no wrong <laughs> answers <laughs> okay great great okay so first question who does amy think is more badass zara or sean zara Zara's unmatched. That's an easy one. That one had Zara is completely unmatched. Yeah. <laughs> and I think because like Amy and Zara work so closely together too, 
Um, we don't necessarily see it in the movie so much, but certainly in the book, they work so closely together. Yeah, I think both of them, you know, they inspire each other. They play off of each other. Um, I think yeah, Zara is like a total badass. If you could give Zara a gun, she'd probably be in Secret Service as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> She's great. Yeah. And Sarah, the, the way she brings her to life is just, I mean, it's perfect. Yes. This is perfect casting there. Yeah, Amy and Zara are my two favorites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're great. And, you know, I think that was another reason that I think I really enjoyed being on that set was this, the amount of strong woman power, right? Like we had Uma and we had Sarah, we had Rachel and we had Ellie and not just within the cast, but even the people that were around us on the crew, we had such amazing badass women taking, taking control of all departments on the movie, you know, in every which corner that we were shooting at. It was really inspiring to see that. That's so cool. It's so yeah. needed too. <laughs> It's so needed to, because I've been on so many sets that have just been completely male dominated, you know? And so having a bunch of strong, badass women everywhere was just such a joy to have. Okay. Next, would you rather? Would you okay. rather protect Henry or Alex? I'm going to say Alex. I, I, yeah. Sorry, Nick. But yeah, it's going <laughs> to be Alex. It's my job. <laughs> then we get more sassy moments. So, you know, it's, yeah. You know, Exactly, exactly. I don't know if she can be that sassy with the, the Prince of England, no, but certainly with, with, with Alex. her trying to be herself <laughs> in front of everybody. Now. <laughs> you know, it's funny when Nick and I get together, there's certainly a, a, a level of sass, but when, yeah, with Amy and Henry, there's just, I feel like, not really. <laughs> I feel like a lot of Amy's sass would go over Henry's head, you know, because he's so just so properly British and yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Next question. Cats or dogs? There's no wrong answer. Dogs. I have to, I'm such a dog person. I don't dislike cats. I've just had dogs my entire life and I have one now and I just, yeah, dogs. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to anybody with a cat. <laughs> Would you rather have a giant croquembouche fall on you or a giant wedding cake? A giant what? Croquembouche. So this, I, I think is... it's like cream puffs, like all stuck together or something. Oh, I've never heard of that before. Thank you for telling me that. Um, I would say giant cake. I'm a big cake eater. So giant cake, even if it's going to fall on me and, you know. It's basically, <laughs> which one do you want to eat more? Because it's going to fall on you. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely the cake then. For sure the cake. <laughs> All right. Last question. This is the one we ask everybody okay. uh, from Red, Right, and Royal Blue. But would you rather uh, get the sex talk from President Claremont or King James? Ooh, um, I'm going to have to go with President Claremont there. Yeah. And I hope it comes with the Excel, the, the PowerPoint. PowerPoint presentation. The, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like uh, the king would not no. be so great at that talk, let alone have a uh, powerpoint so definitely well let's let's go with president claremont <laughs> probably be a lot nicer put <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and if you know if i think about like in terms of like canon you know i think like president claremont and amy go way back there's 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 a level of trust there and understanding that i think if amy was like can i have sex dog president claremont would be like all right <laughs> have a seat <laughs> have a seat <laughs> oh that's amazing oh, well <laughs> th 
those are all the questions we have for you. Uh, thank you so, it. so much for answering all of them, even the ridiculous ones. We appreciate yes. it. Yeah. Um, before we it. sign off and close out today, do you have any final words for the listeners at home? No, I mean, thank you so much for, for listening to this podcast, for watching this podcast, for tuning into our movie. We just found out yesterday that we got a nomination from the Producers Guild of America. Yay. So we receive and appreciate and are so grateful for all the love and support for this film. It's It's been a truly like uh, remarkable time in my life. You know, it, it certainly changed my life in many, many ways. I remember uh, a dinner that I had with Matthew before I had returned to the States after we were done shooting. And I said to him, I said, thank you for changing my life in ways I didn't even know was possible. Um, you know, because of that film, I have decided to pursue residency here in the UK. Um, so I'm, I'm like in the process of doing that as well. And um, so it was, it's just, it was like such a momentous time for all of us in our lives, being able to create that film, bringing it to life from the book. And, you know, a lot of us have great friendships with Casey as well. So it just feels like, we've created in a whole other family, you know, regardless of the history that this movie continues to make, we've, we've all been able to find each other in this way and have each other as this little like family on the side, which is great. So yeah, I just want to say I appreciate everyone's love and support, particularly for the film and for, for my career as well, because I see that on Instagram. So thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so thank you. That was beautiful. For Speaking of which, if you're not following Anish, please go follow Anish. Um, and if you haven't at home, like check out Jessica Jones. So for Jillian, yes, it's on Disney plus now. So please yeah. do. <laughs> it is available to stream yeah. again. Um, oh yeah. Okay. So to everybody listening at home, thank you again. I'm sure you've already seen red, white and Royal blue, but you haven't go watch it. Um, or just go watch it again. Just go watch it again. Yeah. Just watch it again. What is yeah, too many absolutely. times? There's no such thing. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So we'll see you guys next time. And until next time. Hydrate for lesbian Jesus. And gay the all over the place. Bye. Bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod or email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.